Welcome to the Ask Alika podcast, where we answer all your questions about business, marketing, and technology. All right, welcome to Ask Alika. Uh, today, I'm, I'm pumped because I have with me Joel Brown, and Joel is the founder of Addicted to Success, which is a self-development website that has attracted over 120, oh, 140 million views worldwide, hasn't it, Joel? Yeah, you got it right. Awesome, man. So, look, Joel has interviewed the likes of Tony Robbins, Timothy Ferris, Gary Vaynerchuk. He knows his stuff, wildly successful, but also very down-to-earth and a very nice guy. So, welcome, Joel. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Awesome, man. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, you know, we just met yesterday and I think that when you uh, open a conversation with, with questions around what are you passionate about and, and what excites you most, which we, we, we took it, right? We took it into yeah. our values. It, it, it's not hard to create a good rapport and good trust in that and uh, I already can yeah. see what you've been up to. I get a good oh, taste awesome. of, of how you operate and I just want to say congratulations, man. I'm here at the office. And Thanks, brother. You guys are really... Uh, ambitious and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, really into it. So that's, I that's think I think we share a lot of the same values, man. Which is why I wanted you on the show. Yeah, freaking, you know, like, and the people you follow and that ha- have interviewed are the people I follow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hats off to you, man. Look, I, I, a lot of our listeners are business owners or aspiring business owners. Right. And you know, I want to start with ha- how did addicted to success come about, man? Like, what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. Uh, so. Seven years ago, yeah. I was working in a sales company for a company actually called Amcom. Yeah. A great company to yeah. work for. Uh, but at that time, I, I identified a pain point. And what that pain point was, was that I would travel one hour to work in peak hour traffic every morning, one hour back in peak hour traffic on the way back, right? Crazy. So I did the math. And that was two hours a day, 10 hours a week, 40 hours a month, 470 something hours a year. That's like, you know after you know taking the holidays out, wow. uh, that i was wasting my life sitting in traffic and wow, right. i identified that and i was like man i really want to uh really need to not wanted to need to make a change and at that time i was reading your tony robbins books and t harvecker and uh, actually gary vaynerchuk crush it that was <laughs> a book that i picked up around that time and yeah. i love self-development i love the idea of entrepreneurship when i was 13 years old my mom bought me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, Kiyosaki. Yeah, and I remember this this paragraph in there. Essentially, it said something along the lines of, mm. you don't have to work for money. You can make money work for you. And I think yeah. that was the day that I realized that, hey, I could build something that that generates money and allows me to employ people to be a part of this mission and the vision that I have in life for more and also to be able to contribute and give back as well. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I saw that starting a business would mean that I could become a person of value in the marketplace if I did it right. Awesome. Uh, so I was blessed with the opportunity to meet Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, mm. seven years back. And uh, the company Amcom put on this conference and they invited Jordan and that's how I met him. And we did this sales workshop in... And in that workshop, he challenged me. He asked me, Joel, do you have any goals? Yeah. And I associated schoolwork with writing things down. So I would often read Tony Robbins' books, and then they'd say, write down that. And yeah. I never would. I'd always just listen, or I'd go to an event, and I'd say, oh, no, that's enough. But I yeah. never used to write things down because uh, I had this association. That's just what I decided for myself. And, and I was in a room there where he, he asked, have you got goals? I said, no. And he said, good. He said, I don't either. Goals are good for short-term achievements. He said, but yeah. if you want long-term success, you need a vision. So he challenged me, what would ten, the ultimate version of you 10 years from now look like? Mm. Okay. 
And it challenged my identity of who I currently was. It's like, well, if you want this, who would you have to become in the process? Yeah. And I casted my 10-year vision. I remember writing down the 10th year first, and then I reverse engineered it all the way back to the first day, to that current day. And I just remember getting maybe six lines, uh, six paragraphs in, and I was getting more and more excited the possibility of what could what could actually unfold if I committed to this vision. Wow. And then he had me read it out as a declaration in front of the room. And from that day forth, I just, I went in. I remember going home, registering the domain name. I got the web hosting. I, you know, started on the logo. I learned how to use Photoshop because I couldn't afford a graphic design <laughs> at the time. I was like watching yeah. YouTube videos, learning how to uh, use Photoshop on a budget, you know, bootstrap. So cool. And uh, here we are, man. I think that that really is the epitome of what it means to be addicted to success is, is to really just no excuses, man. Never settle. Yeah. And that's what I did. I just I saw it as all I saw was my vision and it shattered every excuse that I ever had. Mate, that is awesome. So what, what share with us what your vision is, man. Uh, so my 10-year vision now is Fortune 500. Wow. Companies, leadership, mm. uh, speaking on stage in front of tens of thousands, uh, multiple best-selling books, Mm. Uh, traveling the world, uh, which I already do, but really doing it on a larger scale and really holding my own tours, my own events. Wow. Uh, contribution-wise, uh, 500K a year. Uh, also- Contribution-wise, as, as in? Contribution as in donating to causes. Whoa, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're, Killer. At 50, we're at 50K now yeah. that we donate on average. It's and, huge. Uh, we just built a school actually out in, in Laos in Southeast yeah. Asia. With Pencils of Promise. Pencils of Promise. Bronze company, yeah, a for-purpose organization. That's just an amazing experience. Like, I've done a lot in my life when it comes to personal achievements, but when we were able to build this school and to see these 300 kids, like these tiny little kids jumping up and down with their little backpacks on, just couldn't wait to learn. Whoa. Uh, it melted my heart, you know, so. Unbelievable. Yeah, an awesome experience that oh. I wish to uh, expand on and, and, uh, and deliver at even a higher level. Yeah. And that requires commitment and a lot of faith too. Wow. Awesome, man. Um, tell us the story of when you first started. How did you generate revenue? How did you get your first custom set of customers? Yeah. yeah. Well, so Addicted to Success is a self-development motivation website, right? So, it's a digital media yep. uh, publication. And uh, the way that I saw fit for, av- uh, for making money first to begin mm. with was to publish ads. Yep. But I didn't do that in the first 10 months to a year. Yeah. Uh, because I remember looking at people like Pete Cashmore who started Mashable.com, John Chow who was making $40,000 a month from uh, ebook sales and affiliate marketing. And you got Ariana Huffington who you know created HuffPost. Yeah. These are huge digital media platforms but a lot of them were saying don't fill your site with yeah. ads to begin with. I didn't want it to look like a billboard because it sends people away. So we yeah. created a, a movement and a community around addicted to success yeah and i really narrowed down on like what makes this brand magnetic you know you you gotta make your brand magnetic there's got to be something about it that's edgy and my friend sally hogshead she's a uh an awesome female uh marketer she's worked with a lot of big companies uh, fortune 500 companies and she said to me quite a few years back which this changed my perspective she said it's easier to be different than it is to be better And, and it really changed my mind on the way that I view business because I was yeah. in such a competition mode. But then I was like, well, how can I make what we do slightly different? It doesn't have to be massively different. Just something about it needs to have edge to it or it needs to be magnetic so that we can uh, complement others so that we can collaborate, so that people want to collaborate because they can see that we have something different that they don't, but we can still collaborate together. 
And uh, we started focusing on more of the power symbols, what it means to really commit to your success and, and your mission and, and, and what it means to not give up. And we had a lot of like, uh, I, I would interview people that were mm. successful entrepreneurs. I was very much so focused on the money to begin with. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, money yeah. was my motivation. I needed to make enough money to leave my nine to five job. Yep. I got to a point where I ended up actually leaving and working uh, up north in the deserts of Western Australia, <laughs> up near Karatha, yeah. and uh, catching snakes and lizards and kangaroos. Like, this sounds so cliche and so funny. So, Aussie, even Aussies laugh at this. Like, when I tell Americans, they're like, no way, that's so gangster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but you know, I did it because it was 150k a year, yeah. and the only way I could get into working yeah. up north because I had no trade, I dropped out of high school. I hated school. Yep. Uh, I dropped out, and and that was my only uh, door of opportunity to be able to work up north because I didn't have a trade certificate, and I got a snake handling certificate to work with the environmental team. Uh, so <laughs> That's so random. It, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like I, I've lived a very colorful life, uh, but you know, I think really that. Uh, when you have that vision, like I said, it just becomes like the thing that you focus on yeah. and, and you just find ways, man. You go through, you go under, you go over. You Doesn't go matter. Whatever you need to do to get there. Wow. So, tell us um, about some of your biggest failures in business. Biggest failures are so – I mean, that's, an, that's a great question because – if I really sat down, I could probably write a whole book on just my failures and it probably would be a pretty easy book to write. That's what you know. well, what I've, got, I've got quite a lot of them. But uh, okay, so so one of them, I started a website actually. This is funny because it's funny you asked me this because I don't think I've ever talked about this. You get yes. exclusive right now. I started New a website. Question. I was in the music industry. I used to produce mm. music. I used to rap. Wow. Yeah. I was like 14 years old. Funny stuff. I actually, <laughs> it, uh, a lot of people close by told me that I was good. So I'll take that. So sorry about that. Before our camera died, we were talking about uh, <laughs> we were talking about your biggest failures, man. Well, one of my biggest failures was a technical failure. Uh, we're talking about technical fa- failures now. <laughs> I I don't think it was so much a failure. I think it was a you can call it like you know people say, oh, it's not a failure, it's a lesson. Yeah. One of the biggest lessons that I learned uh, when it came to <laughs> the the business system was uh, to not skint on. Uh, having good good uh, products, good platforms in place yeah. before the growth, right? Yeah. So I would pay for some cheap, like HostGator, biggest mistake in my life, but pay, big regret, HostGator. And I was I had to keep upgrading to the highest package, the highest package, the higher. It got to the point where they couldn't even help me anymore. Oh. And I, my website kept crashing because our traffic kept climbing. Climbing. We had you know 1,000 views a day, then it was 2,000 and 5,000 and 7,000 and 10,000 and then Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, shared one of our articles and that day we had an extra maybe 100,000 people coming to the site and it crashed. And uh, it was just funny, right? So I was like, damn, man, we missed that. You know, that would have been a great opportunity for it to stay up. It probably only about 30,000 out of the 100,000 actually saw it. Yeah. Uh, but I, would, I remember going to bed at night and just like not having good sleep, worrying that I'm going to like wake up in the morning and see my sites down. And they wouldn't yeah. reset the container or, or anything. So we just be offline for like six or seven hours it would affect our google search rankings and it's painful so crazy uh, i got to the point where i i did a lot of research to find who is the best company after about six or seven um upgrades and bounces and, and migrations to other companies i found wp engine uh and they're a very reliable host they're all like mm-hmm. 99 point something nine percent uptime and uh 
Yeah, I paid an extra three hundred bucks a month, but it's peace it's of worth mind. it. You know, it's like six hundred US, six hundred twenty US now, but uh, it, we haven't had a crash since. So it's worth it. Technical failure. Um, <laughs> another one I would say is, and this is more of like a mindset thing. I'd say a lesson would be uh, the lesson in this would be not being too attached to an identity that's not true to you. And uh, hmm. I had this whole thing of I had the successful business. This is many years in successful business, uh, you know, successful group of friends and and successful uh, experiences in life and the uh, successful relationship. But that ended, you know. And when that ended, it shattered me to the core. And I, and I was like, damn, I'm not Mister Success anymore, right? I was so attached to the identity of being the guy that has the great relationship with the great business and everything else. Yeah. And I went through like a few months process to really move through that and realize that like, don't be too attached to that because that's yeah. not, that's not everything and it wasn't meant yeah. to be and there's there's more to come. Wow. Uh, so that was a big thing for me to to learn from and I think that you know we, we're faced with that adversity from time to time and our true character rises when we're facing the storm and yeah. you know, business can shape your character. It, it, every day you're making decisions on uh, whether or not you're going to take a deal that could be uh, incongruent to you. That was a big one for me too. I had someone come to me that wanted to offer me a six-figure deal and because I had my vision already in place and I was very clear yeah. on my values, I checked in. I said, you know what? Sounds great. About four or five years ago, I would have taken this when I needed money, <laughs> but I don't need it now, and, and, and I, I've got to say no because it's not congruent with my values. Yeah, and uh, it does something to your spirit, you know, when you yeah. walk out and know that you didn't sell your soul out. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so awesome. That was a big one for sure. Yeah, it's like that book I'm reading now. I don't know if you've read it, that Principles by Ray Dalio, which talks about living. Yeah, I it's good. It's, it's like what you said, man. Once you got your principles set, you can make decisions. You know, good decisions. Yes. You know, yes, rather yes. than react yeah so that's great we could do a whole piece just on principles <laughs> just on because principles, it's so yeah I, I think this is a thing too just on principles real quick before we go to the next go go go, go. Like i love it a lot of great questions no, man. Uh, what people do is if they don't have hard set principles in their life or at least compelling principles that are uh, that are of uh, mm. good moral character then what they're going to do is they're going to go for whatever's popular so they choose popular over principles you see it all the time with politicians. Yeah. You know, they'll get up and say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to mm. do that. I'm gonna, to win the people, are they going to follow through on that? Probably not. Mm. Most of the time they don't. Or they might try, but they don't. So they're making these false promises, right? Uh, but whereas if you stand there and go, you know what? I'd love to do that, but I know that I can't. It's not a possibility right now because of this, this, and this. And you, you may have people hate on you for that or you may lose out in some way. Mm. but you don't lose out on your soul, which is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. And so yeah, having yeah. those principles, you know, principles like compassion and loyalty and, uh, you know, trust and, and uh, you know, commitment, like all these things are really yeah. important. They're, and some people think they're old school, but I don't think so. Nah, man. I think they're, they're absolutely foundational for, for leadership and trust. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so what are some of your biggest successes that you're proud of? Biggest successes? Uh, uh, so... One of the biggest successes would have to be our contribution to Pencils of Promise as a community with yeah. the success to raise money to build schools for children living in poverty. Huge success. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say inspiring my friends around me because I think that you know you go through this phase where you have this dream or this vision and they don't understand it. Yep. It's for you. Yep. And, and I've seen the ripple effect 
And some of my friends that didn't believe it or they would uh, be a little bit hard on me, they used to call me a pussy because I wouldn't go out on the weekends to, to drink and, and all that. I'd stay home and work on the business. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, now I see them. It's funny, they're in the space that I was in quite a few years back when it came to like having ideas and wanting to action on business or they've just started their business. And, mm. and I think it, life is a, is a big experiment. Right? Mm. We're like mad scientists in the lab of life right now trying these things out. And I think that the sooner you get in and you're courageous and what you feel is your call and to really get in and yeah. get clear on that and follow that, the sooner you mature within uh, your success. Yeah. And, you know, I had the, remember money was my motivation and the yeah. material and I've experienced all of those things. I was living for the first 28 or so years in my purpose or what I thought was my purpose or someone else's definition of success at, at times, now I'm living in God's purpose. Mm. You know, I'm really here wow. to advance the kingdom of God. I'm really here to move forward with that. And, yeah. and when I make business decisions, I check in with God. I'm in relationship with Him. And I feel that's very guided. I have the, you know, the principles, powerful principles that I live by now. You know, I, I, don't, Sick. I don't look up to anybody else except God. You the know? Big man. And I think that some people put put others around them on pedestals. I mean, there's some great people out there that are talented. And I remember putting up this uh, picture quote. It's, it's on Instagram. It went everywhere. People were sharing it and everything. And it resonated, I believe, with so many people because I, you know, I, I said, I am not talented. I'm just crazy in love with my mission. And it, yeah. it resonated so much with people because I think that some people feel like, oh, I can't do that like that person because they're talented. Yeah, and that lets them off the hook because mm. now they've got an excuse to say, "Well, like, oh yeah, I can't yeah. get there because that person's just got something special about them." Instead of trying it themselves, yeah. so I always say, like, look for that greatness that lies within them and find it in yourself, somewhere in there. Mm. Might need a bit of work to pull it out, but it's there. <laughs> oh man, that's right? awesome! So it's a level playing field when you really think about it. Yeah, yeah. and I feel too. Like I have friends that have multi-millionaire guys that have the the private jets and the yachts and the yeah. mansions on the hill and everything. But they message me in my inbox. So they, they, we, we're on a call and we're having a conversation. They're like, Joel, am I missing something? <laughs> That's what do you mean. They're like, there's something about you. There's something that you're doing that I don't. And I, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're spiritually broke. <laughs> you're spiritually bankrupt. Your right? soul is empty, man. Yeah. It's a huge part of living. Yeah. Somewhere in the human spirit, deep down inside, is that search for the utopia. Yeah. And, you know, as, as Christians, you know what that is. Yeah. People keep chasing it and they end up coming up short because wow. they're chasing the thing that actually they tasted before they came here from non-existence to existence. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's marvelous. And and we and I had one of these questions for later on, but I want to ask it now. Like, how, how did you, you know, come come to your faith? You know, was that early on? Was that, did you, your parents were Christian and brought you up in that or? You know, it's interesting. I was brought up in it and I know that some people have, uh, an experience when it comes to religion where it, let's say it's uh, mm. it doesn't cater for their uh, I guess trust right and, mm. and they had this thing where you know maybe it, it, they've experienced uh, power hungry leaders that are told uh, yeah. that scare tactics to believe in something right I never had that like I had a great upbringing I chose to go every week it got to the point when I was 14 years old I, I decided like hey I want to go and do my own thing now and my parents were supportive of that mm. um, my mom said i'm still praying for you every day though <laughs> she'd have that there and i yeah. just remember like you know for years after that 
I, I was doing my own thing. I, I, I got into a lot of different experiences. You know, I've, dude, I've, I've been in and out. I've been in the sewer. I've been <laughs> up on the mountain. I've been all over the place. But uh, I do remember meeting some people when I was like, there's something about them. Yeah. I didn't know what it was. And I remember one time I was in Tulum, Mexico, standing out in the middle of the, the, the water there. And uh, this girl there, she was a Christian. She was talking to me about God. And she thought, we were talking about purpose of life. And, and you know, who am I? Why am I here? What happens when you die? And all that really deep mm. philosophical questions. And we got into a good discussion. And she asked me, hey, are you Christian? And I, I stopped. And it kind of hit me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I knew, like I said, I was. But I didn't really act like I was committed to that. Right, I think there's a difference. You can yeah. say, "Oh yeah, I subscribe to it," or "Are you actually committed? Yeah. And do you really get it?" And so that really triggered like uh, a hunger in me to want to go and search wow. on my own terms. Mm-hmm. Because we hear in the Bible it says, "Children of God." It doesn't say grandchildren of God. Mm-hmm. It says grandchildren, and you inherit it because your parents believed it. Uh, yeah. And I think that That's when right. you choose it for yourself, it becomes really powerful. It's a powerful relationship. So mm. arranged marriage is a powerful relationship because you chose it. You know what I mean? And not to not yeah, arrange marriage, but good point. I'm just saying like you've, you've decided that. So you get a lot of power in that. And uh, for me, I went on this whole route of like, I need to see empirical evidence and I need to see logical consistency and I need to see if it's relevant. And I started digging really deep and I went through everything. I studied lots of different religions, wow. you know, Islam, Baha'ism and Hinduism and Buddhism and all the isms like out there. <laughs> wow. And I kept circling back to Christianity. Like I couldn't wow. help. Like I just like I just would just it would come back around and yeah. like nothing beats yeah. Jesus Christ. Awesome. And uh and then I started bringing it into my business and I started getting very vocal about it in my business and uh you know, I lost some followers. Yeah. Like I saw it, some dropped off. Yeah. Some of my friends didn't speak yeah. to me as much. Um, some of them actually have come back around and said, hey, I didn't speak to you because I didn't know how to talk to you. I said, I'm sorry if I like it. But they said, no, no, it's my own stuff. Now they're asking me questions and they're coming to Christ too. A lot of people reach out to me and they say, Christians that have been Christians for their whole life and they're like, Joe, I can't believe that you were courageous enough to speak about it. And I'm like, I just felt really hungry to do it. So I did it. Like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. If I'm hungry about something, I'm out there, I'm doing it. Yeah, you're not going to get half-baked. And, 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 and that creates a ripple effect, man. Yeah. You, you pass the torch on and you light more candles and you'll go out there and light up the world. And, um, you know, I think that we, mm. at the end of the day, as human beings, within our spirit, there is that chase. Yeah, something. I agree. We want, we want a better place. We want a better planet. That's what all these tech entrepreneurs are trying to create a better world. And yeah. uh, you, you know, politicians are trying to make better decisions to make our uh, our world a more of a secure place. And mm. we keep coming up short because we are not embracing the right yeah. kingdom. That's it. We're trying to create our own democracy. That's and it. Socialism. <laughs> it's all man-made. Yeah. Humanism and deism. Yeah. All these. Yeah. Things, it doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Wow. Awesome, bro. Hey, tell me about school because I'm like you. I struggled in school. I hated school. Right. And I'm from an Asian background and they love school. <laughs> tell us about your tell us about your schooling experience and why did you hate it so much? Such a general statement, but I, I can kind of agree. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, so I got bullied actually through most of wow. school. Yeah, bullied. Uh, I was in really? a very unlucky grade where there was a big group of uh, guys that would walk around and start on many people. It didn't mm. matter who you were, whether you were nerdy or you were overweight or you were Asian or you mm. were black or you were white, what it would happen. 
And uh, at that time, I was very confident in myself because I did capoeira and kickboxing <laughs> and jiu-jitsu yeah, nice. and all that. And uh, I used to stand in and, and stand up for people and say, wow. hey, what are you doing? That's wrong. And I, I ended up being competition and, uh, and a good challenge. And so I ended up getting my face punched in and, wow. and big fight, really big fight. And ended up wow. leaving school. But, I mean, that happened. The bullying happened for years. And I wow. lost a lot of interest in school because I was very distracted mm. by it all. And I started channeling that, that I guess, that uh, focus into music. And I did mm. really well in music. I ended up getting into radio, ended up uh, getting signed at a, a subsidiary label of Atlantic Records out in the US and Miami and did the whole music nice. industry thing before I left and, and, and uh, ended up in sales, meeting Jordan Belfort and uh, <laughs> working up north in the desert. And here we are today with Addicted to Success. So Crazy. And, and, and like... What do you think needs to change in the education system? I'm studying theology now. Like it's funny, I dropped out really? of school, but I'm studying. I've gone back to school, and I never thought that I would do that. But I, I wanted to deepen my understanding of it all in my own way, and and I'm not attached to having to have a degree or anything yeah. like that. I don't believe in the the system uh, as a uh, as an absolute. Yeah. But for me, it was more. Now it's like ah, because I think Jim Rohn says like as. Education is good, but self-education is better. Yeah, right. Man. And so I see it as like, well, I'm making a decision to do that. I'm not being forced into a system yeah. to do it. I like making my own decision yeah. to do that, and I find more solace in that. To yeah, to, to find you know what am I really truly passionate about? What do I love? Yeah. What uh, what solution do I want to bring to the world? What am I you know convicted in, and and uh, and, and where are my strengths? Mm. You know, and really aligning with that. I think I've learned more off YouTube than I've learned in my entire education. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, YouTube and and blogs. <laughs> but yeah, even even every night now, I'm just like scrolling through, yeah. learning, learning. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, we're in the information age right yeah. now, and it's so, uh, we're on overload. With I know information. it's too much. The question is, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> I know, I know. You got to execute. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome, man. So. You know, we talked a little bit about this before. Uh, what do you think are the most important tactical skills for an entrepreneur? Is it the sales ability? Is it leadership skills? Is it so? So I'm not talking about character skills. Like I'm not talking about character. I'm talking more tactical yeah. negotiation, cash flow, of, you know, analysis. Yeah, that's a great, great question. I think that you know, a leader first and foremost. Every every company needs a leader, <clears throat> and a leader is responsible for the vision of that company. Mm. Right? We talked before this about the importance of sales. I was saying to you, I remember having conversations with Gary Vaynerchuk. I remember having conversations with Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez. I mean, these guys are multi multi yeah. done really well with their business, know how to make money, like it's the back of their hand. And for me, I see money as, if I can make some, I can put it back into business for more reach, more growth, hmm. more, you know, more employees, more, more uh, impact, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, I was always on this pursuit of how do I market in this way to get more money or how do I do this like hack or this move or this like optimization in this to make more money. And yes, you can in, to some degree, but they kept saying, Joel, you need a sales team. Mm. Or like get on the phone or <laughs> get some applications in and get a team to call. You know, and I know you used to always try and bypass that till it got to the point where <laughs> Uh, I wanted to take my offerings up to another notch and uh, in order to do that, I needed to launch a higher ticket 
program. It's a launch a higher ticket program. It meant that I could no longer get someone else to do that. I actually had to get on it myself. Yeah. Uh, and I did that and we saw massive growth. Like literally in like a week, it's like six figures. Uh, <clears throat> and did it multiple, multiple times. Just kept doing it over and over. Fed the business even more, expanded even more, more reach, more impact, more contribution. And that's when I realized I clicked. I was like, damn, two things that are really important. Take it, circle it back to this is, is to be able to have a crystal clear vision, right? A mm. message that you can clearly convey mm. to your team and to the world, right? So that they are on the same page. They don't have to like see the exact same thing as you right down to a T. If they can, that's awesome. But at least be looking at the same horizon and going in the same direction, okay? And if you are a great salesman, you're not going to run into the money problems because yeah. whenever you have, let's say, money problems, financial issues in your business, it's never, it's never, oh, how do we save more money? It's how do you make more money, right? Saving would be good to tighten it up, but, but you know, if you can make more, you solve that problem there. And yeah. so sales and vision, to me, would have to be two of the most important elements of, of business. Rock on, man. And what are your strengths like? Obviously, sales is one, you know. Content creation. Content creation. Big yeah. time content creation, yeah. Uh, I, I understood, uh, I, I can't really put my finger on what it is, but I think that I, had, I have had a design eye, you know, mm -hmm. like I, had, I have an eye for design. It, it baffles me sometimes when uh, I see people put things up and I look and I'm like, really? And yeah. I think people think that it looks good, but they, it, it doesn't. Certain things, right? I think, you know, they're not playing in their strengths. And uh, I would often uh, pay people to do things. And I'm like, this is not what I'm, I'm trying to convey the vision. And I'm conveying it as well as I can. But they're not, they just didn't have the design, the eye of design for it. So I used to take that on myself in the, in the early stages of my business. And I actually enjoyed it. I liked yeah. being artistic with it. Yeah. And uh, that really was a big leg up for addicted to success because I could wow. pull the vision and the visuals of the brand together faster yeah. to get it out there, and people started catching on very quickly as to what we were trying to represent. Yeah, you could so you could execute that more. really yeah. fast, and and probably your entertainment background helps, or the fact that you enjoy entertaining. Networking, networking is a thing. If I like when I turn around and, and connect the dots, mm. all of the huge opportunities that I've had in my life, the big uh, pivotal moments have all come because I've connected with someone. And when you are clear on your vision for your future, you no longer are afraid to ask. Mm. I, I just stopped being afraid to ask for things because I was like, no, 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 this totally makes sense. I need to ask this person for me to fulfill this mission. If I don't ask, it's gonna be another week or month yeah. Yeah, until I get that thing that I think that they can actually offer. And I don't worry about can I give them value because I know I can there's something I can deliver to them too so that there's a fair exchange of value so it's a win-win. So good. I, I, I just have a mind for noticing where I can leverage from and what, how we can create win-wins. Mm. And uh, that's like Gary Vaynerchuk, I've interviewed him three times. Every time Whoa. I've interviewed him, uh, we've gone into negotiations. I'm like, I'm like, hey Gary, I'll share 10 of your videos on Addicted to Success page and <coughs> jump on a 30-minute video for my mastermind group. You know, mm. Or I'll buy, you know, 30 copies or 40 copies of your book if you jump on for half an hour. Like, oh, wow. I was doing things like that. I was hustling those deals. And then I would look for uh, strategic ways to kill two or three birds with one stone. If I did a video interview, I would rip the audio from that, put it on the podcast. I'd also get someone on my team to type it up as an article. So now we're promoting three, three. different modes to an audience. And I, I would just 
some people get scared f- around marketing. They would say, well, I don't want to over-market to someone. And I say, well, if we, we crunched the numbers and it was like at the time like 500,000 uh, people on our Facebook page. We're at nearly 900,000 now. We had 500,000. And I would measure the reach and I'd say, well, we're literally out of all the 500,000 we have, we're only really reaching maybe yeah. like six to 10% of our audience at one time. Yep. This is an incredible article that needs to be out there. Why are we just promoting it once? Yep. So I'm like, promote the damn thing five times. <laughs> yeah. We overthink it, I reckon. Yeah. And we're like, oh no, too many people have seen it too many times. That's it. We've got to put a cap. No. Honestly, so many people don't care. They're so busy with their own day. And then they'll forget about it even after they watch it, you know. I've had people tell me that they've seen us, we've re-promoted articles and they've gone back and read it and had a completely different experience with that same article the second or third time. And it's each time they've read it, there's a point it's in the that truth, article man. that is applied to their life or where they're at. Uh, it's like a classic book. You know, we, we focus yeah. very much so on evergreen content. It's We could share an article that we wrote from the very beginning seven years ago and still be relevant today. Crazy. We're not in news trending uh, websites. So we create content that's evergreen and that's a huge formula for our success. We create inspirational content and people want hope. They want hope for something more. So, so good. Um, I don't know, man. I guess I've had the insight to see that that's what the world is looking for and we've just really gone in and uh, taken advantage <laughs> of it and made the most of it. Man, awesome. All right. So who are, of all the people you've interviewed, who are the ones that really stuck out to you? And well, that you really Les, respect. Les Brown was a huge one recently. Uh, Les was crying on the interview. Like, Whoa. We, down. we were talking about his mom and death and we were talking about really deep stuff. We saying philosophical before. It was. It was really wow. like uh, about life, man. It was real. It was this guy <laughs> that spoke in at the Georgia Dome in front of 40,000 something people and then telling you how he's like his biggest failures in his life and breaking moments and um, curveballs and how he picked himself up. And um, I think that a lot of people see the glory, but they don't see the story, you know, and Les is incredible at telling stories. <laughs> yeah. He, he says uh, that he helps you find your soul signature. Mm. And that's your thing that comes from your soul that you share with the world. And after getting off the call with him, I actually asked him if he could mentor me. He's writing the forward for my book. <laughs> uh, and we had a good discussions and, after getting off the call with him, it really made me think about my story and how I tell my story and how to piece it together better. Mm. And the more I share my story, the more I'm going back and refining and refining. You know, and that's, that's some of the world's t- top salesmen are great storytellers. The greatest storyteller and salesman of all time is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he spoke in parables. Yeah. Like, meanings upon meanings upon meanings. The original. Concealed. And yeah, man. Like, it's like he was a great salesman of all time, really. <laughs> you see. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so Les was great. Tony Robbins was awesome. Uh, Tony and I were talking about the state of the life coach, self development industry. Everyone's calling themselves a life coach now. I think so many people can relate to this. Yeah. Uh, and Tony, Tony laughed. I was, I was like, how do we keep the standard in the industry? I said, yeah. you've been around for like. 30, 40 years, you must see some like really uh, crazy people diluting the industry now. And he said, Joel, it's, it's happening in every industry. Hmm. Uh, he yeah. said, but here's the thing. He said, most people aren't willing to master. Like they will just kind <laughs> of like float through it for a bit yep. and give up. Yep. He said, you've got to master first and foremost. And he said, the biggest advantage you ever have in life and business is truth. And the only way you gain truth is through experience. Mm. Like you have to get in the trenches and get your hands dirty. You can't bypass that. 
Nah. Like the the stories I get to share now on stages around the world and in, in documentary films and wherever, and even to you know just people at events and and to people like you know we connected and just and mm. talk for a bit. It's like I get to share those stories now and they're mine because I've lived it. Yeah. Same with you, like your yeah. story of how you started this company and how it's reached tons of people and you have massive success and, and employees and incredible network of people here in Perth. Mm. That's you and you get to own it, dude, because yeah. you worked for that. It's the truth. Uh, and yeah. I think a lot of people aren't willing to put in the work. Yeah, yeah. They don't get the, the, the <clears throat> value of wisdom. You know, there's three levels of learning. There's mm. knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Yeah. Wisdom yeah. is knowledge and understanding applied in yeah. your life and yeah. that is the ultimate uh, and so I'm always chasing that cool. I'm always like what is the thing that's that everyone considers is hard how do I do that and let's get there mm -hmm. it's it's the launching the mastermind program it's uh, you know reaching out to some of the hardest people to get on the podcast it's writing my book right now it's marketing <coughs> hey let's challenge ourselves maybe we'll self-publish this thing and like let's make a great case study out of it you know it's I'm always looking for the how do we do the hardest thing that most people consider like yeah you know, tough. Every time you do that, you, you build your credibility and your authority and you build your certainty because you've just proved to yourself that you've been able to achieve in that. You've, you've come up with the idea and you've, you've actioned it and you manifested it, right? So now you're like, oh, your certainty level increases and certainty breeds influence. So whoever has the most certainty in the room is influencing that other person. Huge. This goes down to back to sales too. Mm. Sales is a transfer of emotion. If I have more emotion and conviction in what I'm saying, I'm selling you. Mm. You're buying it. And that's awesome. And and you mentioned that thing about hard work and Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about this, which is you can't do it for a year. You can't do it for two years. Like you run this baby for seven years. You know, you, you slogged it out for seven years and you've got a 10-year vision, you know. So, that's the other thing that I'd say to guys because like people always ask me, you know, how do I be successful? I'm like, we well, just got to work really really hard for a really really long time i got yeah. some news for you it's unsexy it's uncool it's gonna be really awesome yeah. probably 10 years from now and most people will just go stuff that yeah exactly but it's worth it man. it's worth I, it there's it's such a cliche saying nothing yeah. great ever came that easy it's like quote the floats around i man 110 percent believe that uh, that's great good, yeah. ever came that easy anything that's pretty tough in life usually has some pretty good rewards in the back end yeah man and, and yeah, like we just did a Christmas song for um, for my LinkedIn because I use music for uh, for my business as well, awesome. and um, and and people like, a lot of people loved it, right? But and then people were like, wow, it looked like you know, like I can't believe you just did that off a whim. But what they didn't realize was that I spent hours practicing <laughs> <laughs> and 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 making sure the camera, you know, like everything was set in place, and it, you know, it's that, but. And again, do you find the grind fun? Gary talks about this all the time. Like, you know, obviously there's ups and downs. It's not always fun, but you got to enjoy the process, not just the result. Yeah, I, I just view it in such a different way now, man. Like, remember we talked about the maturity, that mature yeah. success. I'm not looking for the material things to reassure me that I'm growing. Hmm. I look for who I am becoming in the yeah. process. Like, it's, a, it's about, can I walk with more certainty in the room? Mm. When I stand there on stage, do I really know who I am? Mm. Right? Because if I know who I am, no one can rock me. Yeah. They can't tell me I'm somebody else or I'm uh, anything otherwise. Know who I am. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get there. Wow. You know, uh, 
and like I said, the stories you have of the truth you've lived through your own experiences, <clears throat> all of these things are really the, the more valuable things in life. Your, your network, your connections. I used to want to be friends with everyone. You know, we have mm. two and a half million followers on Addicted to Success. Honestly, I probably only met about 2,000 of them. Yeah. Actually, like meaning like really talking with them about knowing them and asking them about their story in their life. I mean, I, I, I've told my story hundreds of times. I want to know your story and, and their story. You know what I mean? So I, I think that your priorities change when you realize the things that initially moved you weren't everything. Mm. You know, I just want so much more than that. And, and more than that is deeper connections. I want yeah. a tighter circle, but really deep friendships. Rock on, man. You yeah. know, I want to know that what I'm doing makes a difference. Yeah. And I want to know that what I'm doing is in service of something greater than myself. Yeah. Uh, we all want to be connected to something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, if there's anything that takes me away from that anymore, I say no. Yep, yep. Now, what is the future of addicted to success in the next? Pick a number: one, three, five years. You know. <laughs> well, I I think redefining success <laughs> is a huge one that mm. that we are really uh, moving into commitment to. Is I think the the name addicted to success is subjective. Everyone has yeah. their own definition, uh, and I think that really moving it to a place of it's great that you want these things. Maybe use these things as goalposts to get to the greater and deeper and more meaningful things in life. Mm. And our content, if you look at it, it's shifted. It's shifted over time. We talk more about purpose. We talk about contribution. We talk about uh, building self-reliance so that you can become someone of value. Uh, so that's addicted to success. Uh, mm. My personal brand, brand Joel Brown, Mm. Uh, can go a lot further, I believe, to be honest. Uh, and it can because it's it's like a, I think someone, who was it? It was Tony Shea, I think it was, right. uh, referred to his business as, he said, when you have a cruise ship, it's very hard to turn it when you need to make a change. Very hard. It takes a little bit of time. It takes a lot of people to turn it, you know. Mm. Whereas if you've got that, it's like the jet ski effect. If you've got a jet ski, you can quickly turn and, you know, slim slim things down. Yeah. I'm, on a, I'm on a big mission to slim everything down in my life so that we can make, some quick decisions and make some quick moves in the direction that, that's needed for us to fulfill the assignment, you know? So uh, I'm really big on slimming down now and uh, creating great business systems and creating uh, a business that's effective in the marketplace. Yeah. We use these words like impact and abundance. It's like, what are those? What does that mean? mean? What yeah. does it mean? You know, what does it mean to you? Buzzword, yeah. Yeah, I hear people say it all the time when I'm coaching them. They say, oh, I just want to impact. I go, impact. what does that it's look like? It's not specific, like? yeah. What does it look like? If I can get them to think in their mind of what it would actually look like, mm. and I get them to describe it, and that's when I realize, oh, that thing that you want reveals to me what you need. Mm. You know, and, and we live in a culture where a lot of people are acting out of uh, this lack mentality. They're wanting these things because they feel like if they get that, it's going to fill the void. They'll be happy. We're just missing so much. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a matter of addicted to success or any company that you, you put out. If you've been in the marketplace with a certain message for so long, it's like how do we slow, yeah. slowly but elegantly shift the conversation in the right direction that serves humanity uh, from a better place. Yeah, awesome. You know, so I think the online landscape, as you know, I mean, with your business, yeah. you guys are working in the online landscape all the time. It changes like yeah. crazy. Yeah, seven years ago. This game was a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, it changes a lot, a lot. And what project are you most excited about now, Joel? Uh, my book. So my book yeah. is called Never Settle. 
It's uh, all nice. about vision. It's a whole vision process that I used. Uh, you know, I learned uh, some of the vision process from Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street, not Leonardo DiCaprio, but the original Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And <clears throat> I've adapted it quite a lot. So I've, I've tested a lot of things around it. I found other elements I've introduced, uh, things that I've learned from my mentors I've applied to the vision process that have, let's say, like supercharged the vision. Mm. And I teach a lot of my students and my clients this, and we're getting amazing results. People that have casted their vision six months ago that are already living two years into their vision mm. or a year ago that are living five years into their vision. I mean, some of them are getting better results than I did, you know, and, and it's just so beautiful to see. And uh, I'm also on a big mission to make sure that they're, they're introducing purpose elements and, and meaningful things mm. in their vision too, which is what I didn't have when I first cast in mine. Awesome. Brother, thank you so much. That was thank you, dude. brilliant. Oh, one thing real quick. Go. The the movie Think and Grow Rich is out. Oh. Came out today. Okay. Your movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, I'm in it. I'm featured in it. It's, oh, cool. It's adapted from the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, so that uh, that came out today. You can check it out online. Think and Grow Rich. Who else is in it? There's another star that's in it. Quite a big star, well, isn't it? Lewis Howes is in it. Grant yeah. Cardone. Bob Grant Cardone. Hunter, yeah. Barbara Corcoran. Nice. Rock yeah and it's out when there's some great people it's out today sick it's out right now Uh, thinkandgrowrich.shop okay those domain names dot shop yeah Yeah, I'll I'll put it put that in the show notes yeah that is awesome man pleasure I love it love it man